Hey everybody, welcome to Phantom Power Artist Hour. This is episode six. It's a Sunday. We're going to try to be putting these out every Sunday from here on out. So if it's a Sunday, it's going to be the Phantom Power Artist Hour. And in this episode, we're going back to Tanzania. We're going to talk with the lovely Enid Malel. Now, when I first heard this song, Fly, that you're about to hear, I could have sworn I was listening to an artist who was in their late 20s, early 30s. Well, you're about to hear that she is not that. Uh, She is a very impressive young lady who has already finished college and just wait till you hear what she's done with another foreign language and how she goes about her recording and and all that stuff. I won't give it away. Uh, But we're going to kick it off here with a song called Fly and then we're going to end the show with a song called Porqué and then she's also got a little snippet of a brand new track for us to listen to. So... Don't forget to uh, load up your wallet and send Enid some sats, right? This is a value for value podcast. You guys know what that is. So it's a Phantom Power Artist Hour with Enid Millel. And here is Fly. And then we'll bring her on.
welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm. You know, I was talking with man like Quex last week and and or two weeks ago, and he was saying, "Oh man, you got to get her on. You got to talk to her." And I loved the the song "Fly," which we just heard. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about that. I wanted to talk to you about your music, uh, and I know that you also went to NYU through Abu Dhabi. Uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, so I just I, I have a boatload of questions for you, and thank you so, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me once again. Yeah. So tell us how um, to, you are in Tanzania right now. What what part of Tanzania are you in? I'm in Arusha. I actually work with um, Man Like Clicks, and that's how uh, we got to know each other. <laughs> so, dude is right down the hall, pretty much, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. How long have you been working there? Um, since last September, actually. Um, it's I'm working at my old high school, so I've been here my whole life. I went abroad to study university, spent a year at home, and now I'm back as a teacher, which is like a whole new experience. Oh wow. Yeah, the student yeah. Be, the, the student becomes the teacher as they say, right? Yeah. So are so are are you working at the learning orchard uh, the, the learning orchard is that where you're at? No, I, it's a whole international school. I work in the secondary part of the school and teach math. <laughs> okay. And help out with music, of course. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. Very cool. That's another that, that's another uh, thing to talk about. So um, now, where, where are you from originally? Are, are you from Tanzania originally? Yeah, I was born and raised here. I know the accent's a little confusing, but I just watched a lot of Cartoon Network, and I think it kind of like molded what I sound like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's like, wait a second. She sounds like she's from like, you know, like St. Louis or Kansas City. Like you, you sound like you're from right in the middle of the States, so... Yeah, I remember when I first flew into New York, it was my first time I've never set foot into the U.S. And, like, I was just um, dragging my suitcase. I felt so, like, different. And, like, <laughs> I remember someone um, saying, welcome home. And I was so confused. I was like, why would you think I'm from here? I'm from a completely different land, like, overseas. Like, I had to cross <laughs> oceans to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're yeah. I mean, your English is is exceptional. The only part of the accent that I picked up on was when you said "land," right? Mm -hmm. the, the the rest of it, I'm like, wait a second. She's like, she sounds like she's from Missouri or Kansas, like in the middle of the country, right? All right. Well, that's cool. Now, how to tell me about um, getting into um, NYU? Now, because uh, I I saw this on your Instagram. You're a graduate of NYU and I'm uh, through Abu Dhabi, right? Yeah. Okay. What what would you get your your degree in? So, well, this is a whole tangent. Anyway, when I was in high school, I was super interested in like both music and art. Like I actually paint as well. So I'm very artistic, but I'm also like into numbers and science. I also did math and whatever. Um, so I initially thought that I was going to end up with an engineering degree. So I went to NYU. Um, pursuing engineering, but then um, halfway through, I had this like life-changing experience. Basically, they have this summer program where um, upperclassmen 
uh, spend a semester in New, um, not a semester, a summer in New York, and they create a play. So you write a bunch of sketches, a bunch of music um, that talks about potential issues that freshmen might face when they come into uni. So mental health and really promoting um, the resources around campus, like counseling services and like the, um, that we had a hotline just in case um, you're not really feeling like you want to subscribe to life anymore. Yeah. And so um, we had all of that. And basically the play was to promote all of these resources. And uh, I wrote a lot of the music, a, a lot of the songs that we used in that play. And I didn't really think of myself as a songwriter before that. I wrote songs, but I never really liked them. And during this experience, I got the validation that I really needed. I like people listen to my music, they loved it. And I was like, whoa, I can actually do music. And like, I really, I didn't feel the same way when I went back to class and started doing like computer science. I didn't feel like I contributed in the same way or as driven about it. So um, that experience really helped me change my direction a little. And that's when I pursued music formally. Wow. Well, after going through computer science, but then I went into music. Yeah. So, do, so is your degree in computer science or did you change majors? Is, did you change I, to a music I changed major? majors. You did? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what is your degree in? It's, it's just music. Um, okay. But I, I focused more on um, production and performance. We did have to do like a bunch of like historiography classes as well, but um, I'm more interested in the performance and composition aspect of music. That's really cool. So is NYU still using any of this stuff for, for incoming students or are they still running this play, so to speak? Yeah, it's an annual play and some of my songs made it to like later editions. So basically each year they have a new cast and they obviously come up with new ideas and they have new songs that they write and they try to use as much new material as possible. But it was really interesting how they still used some of my songs. So there's a song about consent that I wrote, which was really nice. I don't think I'm allowed to share any of that, but um, it was really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's some videos up for the New York campus, but um, our campus doesn't really share that stuff on line, unfortunately. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I because I would think as a songwriter, just from a you know, from a legal standpoint, from a publishing standpoint, you would still have rights to it, like if you wanted to share it for whatever reason. That, that that's interesting. But it could oh, be a little we, go ahead. we sign a contract. We sign a contract uh, yeah. in, where we kind of like um, relinquish any rights. Ah, yeah. That, yeah. You know, that's not uncommon when you're kind of when you're kind of starting out. That's okay. That's not uncommon. Well, what was your so how old were you when you started playing music and, and what was your first instrument? Um, my instrument has always really been my voice. I don't play any other instruments. Really? Well, I guess I, I just play the keyboard a little or the piano a little, the guitar a little. I just know some chords, but I wouldn't say that I'm a piano or guitar player. I sing primarily, and I think I was very much inspired by my parents because they loved music. So um, in the little time that I did spend with my dad, um, 
he'd play music. My mom loves to sing and karaoke and um, yeah, she, she's like my primary inspiration. Um, I feel like if she had the same resources that I did, she would have been a musician, but. Wow. You know, that's funny. When I listen to fly, I don't get the impression that you, um, that, you know, you you don't play a lot of piano or you don't play a lot of, um, guitar. Like, I mean, it's such an impressive first single for lack of a better term. I mean, I guess we know now that it's not your first song, that it's because you've written for the school and, you know, you've had some commissioned works. But um, when I listen to the the chord structure and the production and then, of course, your melody, which is fantastic, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm like, damn, that's a like, you know, that's an really impressive first track coming out of the gate. I wonder how she wrote it. Like, did she write it on piano or did she write it on guitar? And for you to say, I really don't play any one of those instruments, I'm like, wow, that's (laughs) impressive. That's cool. I I, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Thank you. But I think I just listen to a lot. So I listen to a lot of artists who play around with their melodies in very creative ways. And I think having listened to so much of that, I got inspired and kind of found a way to incorporate it in my own work. Um, I'm, I'm really, um, I love vocal production. I think that's, well, my voice is my primary instrument and that's what I love doing. So even when I'm recording music at home, I just love adding harmonies and um, ad libs and all of this. It's, It's something I'm really passionate about. When when did you start re- recording at home or just, or like, wh- when did you start writing, like your very first song? Oh, I wrote my first song when I was like 10. Okay. It was such an interesting song. Like I had, it was like, it was called Not the One for Me or Not the One for You. I don't know what it was, but I was <laughs> writing about, <laughs> I was writing, I think it was like, about a bad boy who was like definitely not for me and his sister was just like yeah he's he's just not for you he's bad for you and blah 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 i don't know where i was getting this material from as a 10 year old i I, to now i don't know (laughs) where it came from but that was like the first thing that i wrote and i still remember like part of the melody was like not the one for you not the one for you which was like like it felt like it was nice. going to be like my biggest song ever at that it's point. It's a nice melody. Thank you. You ought to, uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking with Quex last week, right? And we're both laughing about how bad our first songs were. He was talking yeah. about how he was trying to be a hardcore rapper, you know, and I was talking about like some stupid two chord song I wrote about a girl who broke my heart. And neither one of like, and, and the melody was not nearly as, as interesting as da 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 da. I mean, like that, like that's your first tune. You got some talent, girl. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So then you, you you do a lot of recording at at home. Like, are you doing it on a on a DAW? Um, you know, on a digital workstation, are you doing it on your iPhone? Like, how, how are you doing your tracking um, wh- where you're at now? So now I'm advanced. Um, back in 2016, I had an iPad and like, you know, those like wired earphones that come with like a little mic? That was like my yeah. studio right there. 
<laughs> that was my studio. And so I started off recording covers, and um, from there, well, I, I went to uni, and I was still using my wired earphones to do covers, and I later on decided that it would be a good idea to spend, to invest in my music and invest in a mic. So I bought this Scarlett um, studio. So it came with like a mic, a condenser mic, um, okay. headphones and the sound card. And from there I started recording better quality material. And like, I was really impressed by how my stuff sounded. So right now I'm using Logic. Um, nice. It's a little more <laughs> advanced. Um, yeah. I can do so much more. And I recorded a song recently, which I'm super excited to share. I just need someone to help me mix it, and I've sent it to a friend. But maybe I'll share it on this podcast. Who knows? Yeah. Hey, that. Yeah. You, yeah. If you're okay with that, um, we, we can put it in um, in at the end of the show. We, um, we don't have to put it up on the RSS feeds. Like if if it's not done and you don't want to share it officially. Um, you know, I, I can embed it in the show rather than put it up on the RSS feeds where, where everybody will find it. Um, <clears throat> now, you, you were breaking up there for just a bit. So, like, you, you got your iPad and you had um, click-in headphones with the mic and you were using that. And then you graduated into another platform. And, and now you're using Logic, right? Is that Did I hear all yeah. of that correctly? Okay. Yes. Cool. How do you, uh, as a musician, how, how do you like Logic? Is it is it easy for you to use? I like the user interface. Like in comparison to other digital audio workstations that I've worked with, it just it feels so much like visually um, easier to like understand. If that even makes sense. I've worked with Pro Tools as well, which um, it's pretty ugly, but it's so like I love what my voice sounds like on Pro Tools when I record there. So. When I was in uni, I had access to <laughs> Pro Tools um, yeah. for free, and I was able to use it to just practice my recording and um, mixing and mastering and all of that. Uh, but Logic is definitely so much simpler to look at for me, and it motivates me to actually work. Um, Pro Tools can be a little intimidating, and so can other platforms like FL Studio. Some people love it. Like, people love it here, but for me, it's, like, it's too intimidating. Really? Have you tried Ableton at all? I think I got it for free. Well, not like the full Ableton. Yeah. And I still didn't, like, I didn't understand it. It looks like it's like, it looks nice, but it's still not, I think it's challenging because I started with GarageBand and I think moving to Logic was easier because it's just the same formatting. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I feel like I'm attached to that kind of like, um, layout and moving to another one is like daunting I'm yeah I, no i i hear you I, I hear the same thing i've got buddies here in nashville that use logic and and they have said the exact same thing it's like it was it was it was a nice transition from GarageBand uh into logic like it was very easy to understand the, the flow and the thought process um i um I started using Pro Tools like way back in the day in uh, like 2001, 2002. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where I learned. Um, and then I, um, I, I took a, probably like 10 years off from recording. And during that time, all of these other platforms came out, Logic and Ableton and um, you know, Cakewalk and all this other stuff. And my Pro Tools license had expired. 
Um, and uh, so now I, I use Cakewalk, which is actually, you know, open source and free. And I've used it now for probably six or seven years. And um, that to me, that was the easiest transition of going from what I had learned, you know, 25 years ago in Pro Tools to uh, what it is today. And I've tried Ableton and I, and I use Ableton a little bit around Nashville for live shows. And Ableton is is just like, a, for me, it's a headache. Like, I just, I, I don't understand the layout. I always have to go back and read the manual to find stuff. And, and, um, and it, you know, it skips and crashes on me a little bit. Like, I'm just, ugh, drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. So, um, I, all right. So, t- talk to me about the single Fly. Like, where did you uh, re- record it? What was the inspiration for it? Uh, get, get, give me the background on the song. Okay, so, well, I'm really bad at telling stories, so I'm going to start like... (laughs) Oh, you're doing great. No, this is good. (laughs) In 2020, when like the, when the pandemic was like at its peak, um, was it 2020 or 2021? I think it's either one of those years. It's a blur in my mind. But um, basically, we didn't have in-person classes, which kind of sucked. But at the same time, it opened the doors for me in terms of like, exploring classes outside of my campus. So I could take online classes um, from New York. And I took a songwriting class. I'd taken it the semester before, um, but in the second um, time that I took it, that's when I met my co-writers, the people who worked on the song with me. And um, we had done some songs in class and afterwards um, one of them sent over the beat so like it was just like the chords and like part of like the drum and all of that and it took me a while to write to it like maybe six months or something like i came up first line and then i went blank and i finished it off in like in new york and i wrote my part i sent to him and he's like, oh, this is really good. And we remembered this other guy in our class and he's the, um, he's, you know, the, the track and he did a verse to it, like his rap. Then I think, between them, they fixed it. But I had recorded my part in my bedroom in Arusha. I came back from New York. It took a long process. Like we had to, <laughs> the song traveled it from Arusha I don't know where this guy was in New York, then Singapore, then it's just bounced places. Anyway, wow. Um, I That's recorded cool. I recorded my books in my room at home and sent it to them and they compiled it. Is what it is right now. Yeah, that's cool. So it took about six. So uh, once again, we were having a little bit of a tech hiccup, and that's okay. So it took about, you were saying it took about six months to write it. You were bouncing ideas back and forth between Arusha and New York, right? And and, and Singapore, yeah. and then you, and then you cut the vocals in, in your bedroom in in Tanzania. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Where where was it mixed? What was it mixed in New York? I think in Singapore, actually, because. <laughs> It's I'm hard sure. to tell. I'm sure it's in Singapore. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. You know, that's funny. It's hard to tell anymore 
when when songs get bounced around and somebody says, "Oh, I got a good, I got a great guitar player for this track," and then a you know something comes in and you're like, "Where where, where the hell is that dude?" And you're like, "Oh, he lives in Alaska." It's like what? So yeah, it's that's yeah. one of the great things. That's one of the great things about being an independent musician in this age is you know you're in Tanzania, you got an idea from for a song, and literally the ideas come bouncing in from around the world, and you merge merge the tracks together, and boom, voila, you've got something magical. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I was really happy with the song and super excited to share it when it was done. So. At, so who is B. Leo? Is B. Leo in New York or is he in Singapore? Where, where is he at? He's based in Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Are, are you going to do any more work with these guys or was that just a one-off uh, a one-off uh, song with them? I hope so. I've sent something to one of them and hopefully something will come out of it. Um, so far, I've like, well, last year or end in 2020, I just wrote a bunch of things and because I was unable to finish them, I just reached out to people. So I sent one of them to one of the guys I worked with on the song. I sent another to an artist that I discovered on um, Apple Music. He's from Mexico. Um, and I had the crazy idea to reach out to him and text him and be like, oh, it'd be so nice if we collaborated. And he said yes, and I was like, oh my God, I didn't think this would happen. So I sent um, a song to him, and hopefully, it's, a, it's in Spanish, and hopefully that will be done this year, but I have a lot of like pending work that Good. at this point, it's like not in my hands anymore. It's just like in the hands of the people I've sent it to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, a lot of the writers in Nashville are doing the exact same thing. They're working, you know, they're bouncing ideas back and forth online. You know, they're not writing. You know, the, the pandemic changed a lot of the writing, uh, you know, people writing over Zoom. So um, you're doing it just like they do in Nashville. So good for you, man. That's really <laughs> cool. That's really cool. Um, now tell me about the other song that you put up on Wave Lake called 4K. How'd, how'd that one come about and where'd you record it? Porque. I recorded that one in Abu Dhabi and okay. it was, I started it in New York again. I feel like my songs just travel with me. Um, so I was watching this really dramatic telenovela. I love telenovelas. I don't know if you know what those are. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, it's like a soap, what, what we would call a soap opera. It's like a cheesy, romantic, uh, lots of drama, overacting type of like daily show, right? Exactly that. And I was watching this one. It was super messed up and dramatic. And I used it and like wrote from the perspective or like some of it is, was written in the perspective of the main character who um, like her husband cheated on her with a friend of hers and they were planning to elope, but then the friend died and the husband is in a coma. And it oh, was just messed sucks. up. Anyway. <laughs> It Boy, was, that girl's um, in a hard group. spot, man. That sucks. <laughs> um, but she still stayed. Like, I think for the first half of, like, the telenovela, she was still, like, looking after the guy and all of this. So then um, some of the lyrics were just, like, um, about her reflecting on, like, why, why is she there when she knows that this um, guy doesn't really like her anymore? And then part of it is, like, 
it's just a made-up story, so it's not really from the telenovela, but I was really feeling it, and I recorded, well, I needed to write an original piece or two for my capstone, my final um, year research project. So I ended up using that, and I think it really helped me to have that pressure because otherwise I wouldn't have finished the song. So I finished writing it in Abu Dhabi because I only had the verse and co- the first verse, chorus and um, second verse actually done in New York, but I didn't have like that little ending bit. So I finished that in um, in Abu Dhabi, and then I recorded it in a student lounge. So like not even in like a proper. <laughs> Um, isolated area. It was just like one of these common areas. I grabbed my mic stand and my um, sound card, set it up, and it was noisy. Like there was like ACs and whatever, but I, I got pretty, like a lot of good stuff and like the ideas were just flowing. I always feel like my background vocals are better than my lead vocals. Um, Huh. Yeah. Interesting that you would say that. That, I mean, because you have a you have a very strong voice. Why, why do you think your backgrounds are better than your lead? I feel like they're more interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, I always come up with such cool ideas when I'm doing background stuff than when I'm doing, like, the lead vocals. But obviously, I'd need the lead vocals to build off of, to, like, make the yeah. ad-libs and whatever and the harmonies that I'm doing in the background. But I just have so much more fun doing the background stuff. And I think it's because my voice isn't like as forward and like I add so much more reverb and it's like, it makes sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. I just, you're the first singer that I've run across where you're, where, where you're like, yeah, I, I like my background voice more than my lead voice. I mean, you, you, you're not wrong. Like, you know, backgrounds are cool because you, you have much more freedom, you know? Yeah. Um, and especially once you start toying around with compression and delay and effects and things like that. Um, yeah, that's it. That's interesting. Uh, that's, that's really, you know, for somebody who, who your voice is your main instrument, but you prefer it, you prefer it in a secondary fashion as a backup rather than a primary. Interesting. I'm, 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 I'm just my biggest hater. Like, I think that's, that's what it boils down to. Like, I, I feel like I don't really like the sound of my voice a lot. And it takes other people listening to my music and saying that it's good for me to kind of be like, oh, yeah, actually, it's not that bad. But I think maybe it's because I listen to my work over and over again, and I just get sick of my own voice. But, um, well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all we are all our own worst critics, right? And, and yeah. nobody's going to hear us more than we hear ourselves. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been playing piano for like 40 years and, and there are days when I'm like, God, I'm just oh, God awful at this. Like, why can't I figure this out? Right. And I know that I'm, I'm better than average, but I, 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 I understand completely where you're coming from. Like we're our own, we're, we're so, it, it's such a weird thing to be an artist, to have this gift of being able to play music for people and to be able to share it, but then to be so self-critical and self-aware uh, of it and, and almost to the point of ashamed of it in terms of, oh God, that's awful. I would never share that. When it, like nine times out of 10, it's pretty damn good. And people who have no musical ability are going to enjoy it, you know? 
Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That, I hadn't, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, uh, about the secondary music or that the, the secondary voice thing. Um, okay. So back, so you cut the lyrics or the, the vocals for Porque at uh, school when you were over in Abu, uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, where, yeah. what about the, the, the music production on it? Did, did you, did you take care of that or, or did, uh, did you have a partner at school? How, how'd the, uh, the, uh, tracks come about? Um, I actually produced all of it by myself because nice. it was part of, <laughs> thank you. It was a part of, um, my thesis. So I had to do the production and songwriting all by myself and reflect on it. It was well, I'm supposed to know my thesis at the top of my head, but I forgot yeah. it for now. But yeah. um, I did all of that at home, well, in my room at school. And it started off, I started off using a, um, a chord generator. There's this website called onemotion.com or something, and they have like this chord generator thing. And it generated a, um, like I put the chords in, but it generated a, pattern like it played it in a specific um arpeggio which i used so i downloaded mm -hmm. the midi from the website and then i changed the instrument on my on logic or i don't think i had yeah. logic at the time i think i was working with GarageBand actually and um so then from there i started just like building on it and trying to add different instruments and i used some drum loops because um I didn't really know where to start, but then it just fit so well, and it just came together, not in one sitting. I had to kind of go away, come back, and listen to it, and um, I ended up with something that I really liked, and I think because it was like a, a ballad, I didn't really have to do too much. Like, I didn't, I didn't need to because I felt like it would overpower the vocals, so I just... But there were still so many things that went into it. Yeah. All self-produced. Wow. Using chord generators, arpeggiators. That's really cool. I mean, you, you really are like a modern uh, composer, uh, a modern songwriter. Uh, that's cool. Like you don't have, I mean, I, you know, it, I, it would be lovely, of course, to be able to track this in a studio with a live band, but for those of you who are listening who don't have uh you know background in terms of what it's like to work in a studio like there's so many what basically she was just saying is like there's so many great tools that are out there online that you can use to generate the chords and generate the lead lines and generate the beats and everything and you can just you know you can just kind of piece it all together in parts by yourself in your bedroom in tanzania and release it to the world it's um it's uh it's kind of like uh uh, oh, what's that dude's name who did Old Dirt Road? Um, is that? Oh, I can't remember that guy's name. That rapper from a, from Georgia who did that song with Billy Ray Cyrus. He cut the whole thing by himself in his oh, bedroom Lil making Nas? beats. Little Nas, right? That's it. That's it. That's like. I mean, you're basically doing the same thing. Like, you know, that's fantastic. Um, so. Uh, and obviously the, the the decision to do it in Spanish was based upon the fact that you were watching this novella. So are, are you fluent in Spanish? Um, I'd say so. I just haven't spoken it enough for me to feel like I'm fluent, but 
I took an advanced course and did very well. Like we were writing essays and stuff. So I'd say yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So you've got I, English. I, I, you've got... Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was saying it's something that I've like always been passionate about. I've always wanted to learn Spanish and I wanted to take it at school, but it was clashing with other subjects and, um, I later picked it up like in the most random way. So I was watching telenovelas, which I love, with, um, with subtitles and then slowly but surely, like I could watch them without subtitles. Then I decided to take a Spanish class during the pandemic. So I took one from NYU New York online. And my teacher was just like, what are you doing here? You're way too advanced because I, I knew too much. So then I just jumped to an advanced class and it was really nice. I got to like learn about like, Spanish history, like, well, history of like Latin America and Spain and all of that, and just read materials in Spain, in Spanish, goodness. And so writing, writing in Spanish for me is a way to like use it, because otherwise I'm not going to yeah. use it. No one speaks Spanish here. <laughs> and I actually yeah. don't have Spanish speaking friends, unfortunately. Yeah. What, what, a, what an interesting choice on your part. I mean, you must have been really studying it on your own for you to jump ahead at the college level. Um, that's, Tele that's really telenovelas, telenovelas will take you places. Watch telenovelas guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, now how did you, um, how did you get into NYU? Like how, how did that, uh, come about? Did, did somebody at, at your school and at your quote unquote high school in Tanzania re recommended or what, what, what was the process there? Um, I, a representative from NYU Abu Dhabi came and I think they gave us a bunch of flyers and I read through and I was really impressed by like, um, the outcome, like, you know, on the brochures, they'll be like, oh yeah, 90% of our graduates are employed after whatever. It was really impressive numbers and the school looked amazing. And I was like, oh, I'd want to go here. So I filled out my common app because I think, I don't remember if I applied to any other American schools, but I filled out my common app and I did really well at school. I think that really helped as well. Um, I was a great student and I did a lot of extracurriculars and I just wrote my essay and got in. And because they were really generous with their financial aid packages, like NYU Abu Dhabi specifically, I think that's why or how I went because otherwise it was way too expensive. $80,000 a year is no joke. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, stay in yeah, school I'm, kids. It, yeah. It one of my, <laughs> yeah. One of my daughter's friends goes to NYU. Um, they're in New York city and I'm like, I'm like, man, I don't know how the hell you'd be able to afford that. Woo. That's not cheap. So how much, how, how much, time did you spend um, online in the classes and how much time did you spend over in uh, Abu Dhabi doing classes? Um, so I spent my first, my first year was fully in person in Abu Dhabi and then I spent a summer in New York 2019 and then I, we came back and I went to China, I went to Shanghai because NYU wow. has a campus there as well. So I went there for what we call a J term. So in January, we have these intensive three week courses and that's 
what I did in China. And that was literally when COVID was emerging. So as I was at the airport, I think we just saw news of like, oh, there's this virus spreading. And um, so I got back to campus and things were okay. I thought that like the virus was just a passing thing, but then months later, the school shut down. So I think it was from March or something that classes just fully became remote and I continued taking remote classes from um, Abu Dhabi and I didn't go home that year because I was worried that I'd be locked out and I wouldn't be able to come back. Uh, So I stayed there till December, then I went home we came back and we were still doing online classes, but it was January 2021. I think that they allowed us to take online classes from different campuses, and that's when I started taking my songwriting classes. And then um, I also wow. took, no, I took a songwriting class the term before as well. Um, and then I took it in January as well, up till um, March or the other way around. Then from there, I went to New York in September or August when the borders actually opened up. But I did have a chance to do a bunch of like in-person things. Luckily, I'm so grateful. Yeah. But so yeah. you were in, okay. So you were in New York in the summer of 2019 and then January and of fall. 20, and fall. Okay. Yeah. Fall, ha- 21. Did, fall 2021. All of 2021. All right. Um, but I, I, let, let me go back to you going over to Shanghai. So you went to Shanghai in January of 2020. Yes. Okay. And yeah. And then COVID, cause I was, uh, in Seattle, I was in the West coast, uh, when COVID started coming out. Um, and then I was down in LA at the, at the big music convention. Um, and then it wasn't until March that, um, COVID really hit here in Nashville and shut everything down. So you were in Shanghai in March of 2020. How, how long were you in Shanghai before you could leave and, and, and go home? Oh, I think I didn't explain it properly. So I was in Shanghai for three weeks. So it was just like January. And then oh, I was okay. back in, yeah, I was back in Abu Dhabi late January or okay. early February. I can't remember, but at that time I was in um, Abu Dhabi and we still had in-person things when I came back from um, Shanghai, but then slowly things started closing down. People were like repatriating back home and um, classes were shutting down. So I was just in my dorm room for the rest of the year, really. Oh, Oh, that sucks that you cabin cabin fever, right? Um, well, that's cool that you got out of Shanghai so fast because, man, like, like, you could have got stuck there for the better part of 21. Yeah. Um, or, to, or for the better part of 2020. Wow. You've, man, you've really traveled around. That's great. Good for you. That's a, you've, uh, you, you're packing a lot into your uh, young life so far. So that's really cool. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I know we only got a couple of minutes left here because I know you got a hard stop at the top of the hour. Um, so t- tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, w- what you're teaching now and, and what your plans are for music in the future. Um, so at the moment I teach math, so I'm more of like an assistant teacher and I help out with, um, well, we call them IGCSEs and A-levels. 
So that's like, what, 10th grade all the way to 12th grade, if you have a 12th grade. Don't know how the American system works, but I help out mm -hmm. with that um, math. And I also lead a class for, um, it's, it's a coursework-based math class where we have challenges that we do each week and um, we submit those. Um, I also help out with music. Again, I'm not a teacher yet, but I'm working towards a teaching degree. Hopefully that goes well. And on the side, of course, I'm writing music and um, I, I would like to continue sharing my work with the world and entertaining and sharing my unique story <laughs> with other people. Yeah, so tell me, what type of responses are you getting from people around the world with your songs uh, uh, on Wavelake? Are, are, are people reaching out to you? Um, well, you reached out to me. Thank you. Um, otherwise... <laughs> yeah, you bet. By the way, like, you were, like, y y you were one of the first songs that I reviewed like uh, on my uh, re review podcast like last fall. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It means a lot to me. And I think that's something that I really appreciate about like this world. <laughs> I'm still very new. I don't really understand how it works, but I definitely feel valued because I did upload my music. I remember I uploaded one of my first songs. It was called I Love Me. I took it down. Don't look for it. Um, I, I wrote it in one of my songwriting classes, and I put it up on Spotify, and some people listened, but I didn't really feel like I got as much um, as much of a response as I would have wanted. I wasn't earning anything, but like in this space, I feel like, um, people value my work and like I actually have seen um, like I've seen people's love for it in a more tangible way I, like the whole value for value system is like really it's encouraging for an artist like me who's starting out and sometimes I doubt whether my music is good like I remember I released Fly on Spotify first before me meeting um, Man Like Wex and um, it was just sitting there with, it's still sitting there with less than a thousand streams. And I started to doubt myself. I was like, is this song good enough? Like, what's wrong? Like, why aren't, why am I not seeing anything for it? But like, I put it up on Wave Lake and it was just amazing. Like, um, people really liked it. People were listening to it. Like, the just the listens, not even the earnings it, it were so many, like, were so much more. And I'm so grateful for that because it encouraged me to kind of, to continue on this yeah. path. Yeah. Well, you have to continue because you're very good at this. Um, and it is completely natural to feel uh, ignored and um, devalued when when you put your music on Spotify or iTunes and, and nothing happens. Um, there's there both of those platforms are are full of very talented people whose music will never go anywhere. Because there's, you know, there's millions and millions of songs on there. And there's just, it, unless you have tens of thousands of dollars to push through and, and promote it, your songs probably aren't going to go anywhere uh, on those platforms. Um, and you're fighting against major record labels who have gamed the system with respect to playlists and things like that. So, um, but, the, and, and then, I, and you perfectly described how wonderful value for value is like just the interaction that you get from listeners 
right? And you've yeah. got like it, w- within the the people who are using Wavelink, which is growing every day, and the people who are listening on RSS feeds and podcasts, which is growing every day. You know, to have that direct interaction with people who can send you satoshis and send you messages directly. That is invaluable. Like you, you don't get that on Spotify. You know, like if if I heard Fly on Spotify and I was like, oh man, I love the song. I want to reach out to her. I, I've got no way to to directly communicate with you, but you can do that with value for value with RSS feeds with even with Noster, right? Like with with putting your yeah. music with all of that stuff. So um, good. Well, I certainly hope that you continue to write and produce and and put music out you're a great example of the modern musician who you know you can do everything yourself you don't necessarily need a band um you can do it all at home and it sounds just as good you know sounds just as good as as anything that gets produced in in the major cities of the world so um there's a lot to love about your music and your writing and your work ethic and things like that and you I mean, man, you, you've had a great life so far. You've been jumping around the world and, and college degrees and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you are an impressive, impressive young woman. So uh, kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything, um, I- anything you want to add? Anything you want to say before we wrap it up here? Like I said, I know we got a hard, or you got a hard stop here in a couple of minutes, but uh, I- anything else you want to throw in? Um... Well, to anyone listening, thank you for listening to <laughs> my music. And um, I really don't know if I want to add anything. If you have any questions, um, my mind kind of blanked. <laughs> okay. This happens when, yeah. All right. Last, I, I, I'm I, I'm going to hit you with with uh, a very important question. Um, your top five records of all time. Oh my Give me God. your top five. This is so hard. I hate picking like favorites and <laughs> whatnot. Like my mind literally just blanked right now. Um, are you going um, Mariah? Are you going Mary J. Blige? Where, where, where are you going? Oh, that's too far back. I'm. Oh I'm so my young. God. <laughs> now you're making me sound really old. Um, I'm definitely an Ariana Grande fan. I'm trying to figure out, um. All right, then oh let's do top five singers. Didn't, didn't do top five singers. You, you, you've already okay, given okay. me one, Ariana. Okay, give me four more. There's Beyonce. Mm. There's, um, there's this artist that I discovered on Apple Music. He's from Mexico, Tijuana, if I'm not mistaken. His name's Manny Flores. I love his voice. He has one, only one album up, and it annoys me so much because it's so good, and his voice is so amazing. Um, but he's definitely one of them. Okay. And then there's another Mexican artist called Dana Paula. She's super popular as well. Okay. She has a lovely voice. And I'm at three. At the moment, right? That's four, because you got Ariana, you got mm-hmm. Beyonce, then you got the dude from from Tijuana, then you got the other gal from Mexico. So you got one more. Um, one more. Uh, this is, hard, isn't well, it? 
Yeah, like... It's um, not going to be Dolly Parton or Loretta Lynn or... Wait, Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> She's really oh, good. Yeah, Whitney. Yeah, you got to go yeah. with Whitney. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly understandable. All right, well, we'll we'll wrap it up. We're going to... Um, now, you can send me the other track uh, or anything else that you want to uh, share musically in here. And, uh, and I'll tag it on the back end of, of the podcast. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. I, I really enjoyed our, our conversation. And uh, to anybody else who's out there listening, don't forget to listen to these tracks and send her some sats. And uh, say hello to Man Like Quex for us, okay? <laughs> Will do. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I hope you have a lovely day. You should definitely keep in touch. And- yes. Absolutely. <laughs> if, if you ever make it to Nashville, uh, you, you got a place to stay. So, Thank you. You yeah. never know. Maybe, maybe this year will be the year. Fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Have a, have a great day. I know you got to go. I'll, I'll let you go. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Bye. You betcha. Bye-bye. Boy, what an impressive young lady, huh? She's got a degree in music already from uh, NYU Abu Dhabi, and uh, she learned Spanish by herself, like watching Spanish soap operas. She's hung out in Shanghai. Uh, She taught herself how to record at home. I mean, this is an entrepreneur. This is a, a Renaissance woman, right? And oh, by the way, what you're hearing as I am just yakking away on top is a preview of her next single. So I'm going to shut up and give you like five seconds of it. And that's all you get. She didn't want to release too much more because I I know she said that she's still got to do some mixing on it, but she was happy to share it with us. So thank you, Enid. Thank you for that one. All right, we're going to wrap up the show here with uh, the other single that she's got up on Wave Lake. It's called Porque, um, and I, I don't speak Spanish that well. My Spanish is worse than my German and Swedish. Um, but her, this is a great song, and listen to the um, lyrical, rhythmic uh, inflections she throws down on this. And uh, for those of you who are fluent in Spanish, I think you will agree that she nailed it. So. We're going to let her take us out. Thank you guys so much for checking out uh, Phantom Power Artist Hour and the lovely Enid Malel out of Tanzania. And uh, we'll catch you next time. See you guys. Here is Porque.
suficiente no, 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 no. Y al final tú lo tiraste Tú tiraste mi amor ¿Qué más tiene ella? Siempre te ruego, quédate Ya estoy cansado de tenerte Suplicarte que me ames Y ya no puedo más Ya no puedo más Explícame por qué Tú dejaste de amarme Fue algo que yo hice O simplemente te cansaste de mí Explícame por qué Te gusta lastimarme Te voy a aguantar